The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you're having a fantastic day or night whenever you are listening. And yeah, we got about a month to go into the new game, new content coming through. Everyone's going to get really happy, then really angry, or a mixture of both. Oh, do I love a new Pokemon game coming out. But it does mean we have to go through some old business. We got to get rid of all the old stuff, so that way we can go with the new stuff and... I've kind of put this off long enough. We need to do a Hisui Starter Showdown. Now, if you've ever listened to our Starter Showdowns before, how it goes is I typically bring out the three starters of each region and tell you which one practically would be the best starter for you given the region's uh, limitations, given the region's Pokemon available, given the gym leaders, given what you have to deal with to survive. And they always start with a fun little bell and like a, today, let's find out who can win the fight. But honestly... Hisui is too too raw for that nonsense. Hisui is the toughest region we have ever had. And I don't mean that in terms of gameplay. When you are in this world, you are basically stuck like our ancestors were, only worse. You have towns, you have a town where you can hang out, you can get your food. You have the native population who knows a little bit about you. And then in the wilderness is a whole bunch of stuff that either wants to kill you, is neutral to you, and will let something kill you, or will run away from you, signaling something that wants to kill you, to find you and then kill you. Hisui is the toughest region, and you're literally a kid who got dropped out of the sky by Pokemon God, and were given a choice between three Pokemon to help you survive. So... If you're looking to go back and replay that game before it gets forgotten forever with a new region, let's go ahead and go over the best starter to have in this region. Now, like the old days, we're going to have our four categories, but they're going to be a little bit different. Category one is battle potential. How good are they against the Pokemon in the region, but also the noble Pokemon and some of the alphas you're running across in the region? care and maintenance how hard is it to feed and care for this organism while you are out in the field and help as many many miles away there are no pokemon centers anymore there are no medicines just happening around in random spots you basically have to care this thing in the wild on your own child friendliness could a new trainer who fell out of the sky handle this thing with difficulty or would it be really easy and then utility What can it do aside from violence to make your life and trip easier? It gets much harder to survive when you don't have these resources. So, as tradition dictates, let's start with the grass type. Let's start with our little buddy Rowlet. And Rowlet, always adorable. But now, instead of becoming a stealthy archer, it is a butt-kicking warrior monk from the Shingoku Jidai period. Like, that's it's, it's cool. I love this thing. Uh, let's see how it handles itself compared to its Alolan counterpart, because I'll be honest, there's some goods and bads to it. As far as battle potential goes, you're up against noble Pokemon and gods now, and you best find yourself some help to survive. Uh, the typing of grass and fighting, 
not the best when dealing with this. It, with just Rowlet, you come up against some serious trouble. Cleavor, Arcanine, Electrode. If you're dealing with just having a Rowlet on your team, you better catch as many Pokemon as you can to try and buffer out that team. Because just that little dapper bird, you are in some trouble. I mean, at the start, Shinx are some of the more aggressive Pokemon you come across. But at least they're not super effective against you. So it does give you a little time to bolster your forces, unlike a certain water type we'll deal with later. As it grows, Decidueye is pretty awesome. I, I like this grass-fighting monk but now you have to watch out for any of the various flying Pokemon who are going to dive bomb and attack you. And remember, there are quite a few of those. Uh, it has adapted really well to the cold, though. And there's some adaptations to that, especially that one final region. You really get a chance to use some of that fighting ability. But it's still a pretty tough fight if you're just working with a Rowlet. As far as care and maintenance goes, uh, it's super chill. And like I said before, we all talked about this Pokemon, it comes with photosynthesis. It doesn't really need to feed. That is a huge boon. That is a massive thing to work with. Like, oh my gosh, to be able to just generate your own food from the sunlight, it's great. Have him sit in a tree, keep an eye out for stuff while he gets his food, and you have a perfect lookout for something trying to come and eat you. It's when it gets to the middle evolution that's a problem, because Dark Tricks is now harder to deal with. In one of the earlier Pokedex entries from, I believe it was Ultra Sun, this thing is super fussy and needs to make sure it's nice and prim and proper before it uses its awesome super sharp wings. How is it going to be prim and proper in a world with few to no bathrooms? This is a dirty place. The past is dirty. Anyone who gets in a time machine should already realize that they're going to get dirty and nasty the second they walk through. Because honestly, plumbing is Actually, plumbing around quite a while, but not great plumbing. Uh, once it evolves, though, once you can get past those rough teenage years, uh, those feathers are going to need to be cleaned and maintained because they are going to be your lifeline. Those feathers that that Decidueye has are meant for dealing with the cold. You're going to need them because it's going to be real helpful. This Pokemon is a pain to care for in the middle, but the first to last form make it quite useful, and it gets the photosynthesized the whole way through. Pretty great. Now, as far as child friendliness goes... It's the same as before. Rowlet is a perfect nugget of a little guy. He's great. But the risk of death is now way higher than it was the last time. You are going to get hurt if your Pokemon doesn't listen to you. And if you're trying to tell your Dart Tricks to run and it's really, really fussing about the dirt that it got on its feather that it just threw at a sleeping Ursarang, and now that thing is trying to chase you, you're both dead. You're done. This thing needs to be able to listen to you through all its forms. Now, Decidueye, oh, that's an up-close fighter. And that's pretty awesome. But it does make life a little bit harder if you're trying to run away and be stealthy. If you're trying to blend in with your surroundings, pretty great. But this thing is going to try and not stealth its way through anything. Like, honestly, a lowland Decidueye would be better in this world because it makes it so that you can blend in and hide a lot more than this guy does who just, you know... Picks a fight straight up. Now, with utility, um, it's built to, uh, to throw knives and sharp feathers at a certain point. So, that works out pretty good, honestly. It's a bird that can't fly, so you can't fly around anywhere. Sorry, that stinks. Since you're out there in the wild, it's really good to realize that you don't have to really worry so much about the cold because those downy feathers are what's going to keep you nice and warm. And that does earn you some points. But, again, it's a bird that can't really fly. 
It can kick down berries, which is pretty useful. And it's got those nice fluffy feathers. But it doesn't have anything outward like some of the other grass types we've run across. Where we have grass types that can make food or help generate land and help make soil. This one just kind of exists to kick butt. And there's more to life than kicking butt. So, to sum it up, battle potential, 3 out of 5. Care, 3 out of 5. Child, child maintenance and friendliness, 3 out of 5. Utility, uh, I'm going to... Keep it at one out of five. This thing has barely changed at all since I last made these changes, and now they've just stayed the same stats for different reasons. So let's get to a fire type. Oh, goody. Cinequil. Okay, last time I reviewed this, a certain volcano loving friend of ours of the show was rather upset with me. Sorry, Ed, uh, you ain't gonna be any happier from this. This Pokemon, its battle potential, it's not too hard or too easy when you get through the nobles there fire can cut down plenty of these noble pokemon but not all of them uh, it does have decent stats still now get some ghost typing um it can't use stealth as well at the johto version what this type flosion back in johto could do is generate heat waves that you could hide through and you'd be able to see your type potion blend in with the heat and sneak around in the battlefield this one it's a bit more chill and has other ways of fighting. But at least you're not getting horribly burned. And we'll get to that in a bit. Now, as far as care and maintenance goes, I repeat. Cinequil is still a timid, ticking time bomb. This thing gets startled or scared or angry. It starts shooting flames out of control. This Pokemon needs to be in its Pokemon most of the time for not just the safety of others around you, but for yours. Because if you're trying to sneak through the grass and your Cyndaquil just gets spooked, all of a sudden, your bush that you're hiding in is now your tomb. This thing is going to set it on fire. Uh, as you can probably guess, you're not going to be going with the stealth option if you piss this Pokemon. I mean, it's, it's nice to know that Quilava is like a still more chill than like Charizard or Charmeleon ever were. But before you leave the village, you better make sure you have this thing calm, trained, and under pressure. Because it's also a good thing to know, there is no heat-proof equipment in this world. You can't buy any of this at the store. You are stuck with a living fire monster for a good portion of your time. As far as child friendliness goes, uh, kids falling from the sky could choose a Pokemon, and they chose the Pokemon that will probably kill them the fastest. But, once you get to Typhlosion, things are actually a bit safer. It has a lot more control over its powers, and it's, it, again, it's super chill. Unlike Dark Tricks, this Pokemon chills out as it grows. So if you spend your time with Cyndaquil, just slowly building up that trust, instead of bum-rushing the wild like you would with a Rowlet because you feel like you have more control over it, then you'd actually be better off. Keep in mind, we're having the mindset of someone who has dropped out of the sky. They don't know what these things are going to turn into. They just know what Pokemon are. The biggest problem with Typhlosion as a child maintenance is going to be having to deal with the fact that this Pokemon has like some sort of hidden urge to help the souls travel back to the land they need to. So that's going to be an interesting dilemma if you're trying to go one way and Typhlosion's like, no, the souls of the damned, they require my help. And, it just and you're just like, what? Now, as far as utility goes... And this thing was always a walking volcano. It blows things up. It can ignite anything anywhere. But now, Typhlosion is doing much better. Typhlosion with ghost typing is a lot safer to deal with. But that being said, there's still not a lot of utility with this Pokemon. Yes, you could have a cookout with the Typhlosion but, and then get horribly killed. But 
at least starting a fire is pretty nice. I mean, it can use other fire moves aside from its ghostly fires, but I guess it's not... Utility really hasn't changed that much, has it? Like, there's nothing else it can really do that'll help you out. Again, again starting fires is great, but it's not everything. So battle potential, we'll keep it at a 4 out of 5. Care and maintenance, eh, I'm going to keep it actually. You know what? I'll put it at a 4 out of 5. Because you don't have to worry as much about horrifying flames it gets older. Child friendliness, a 3 out of 5. And utility, you know what? Child friendliness, we're going to reach it to 4 out of 5. Because that thing gets so chill. And it actually progresses into something a little more stable, which is nice. And uh, utility, you know, honestly, I said 2 out of 5 last time. And I'm just going to have to keep it because, honestly, starting fires. That's what it's got. That's all it's got. All right. Last one. Oshuat. And before I said it needed the fighting type and it got a dark type. It's better. That's fine. We'll, we'll work with it. We already have a few water dark types. So that's okay. That's not too bad. All right. Let's see if it's... Uh, Let's see if it's gotten any better. So, battle potential. Uh, I'll be honest. This is a way better timeline for an Oshawott to be in. This Pokemon loves to fight and get better at fighting. And it's stuck in a world where everything pretty much wants to fight it. Nobles are a mixed bag. Electro just, like, destroys you in every sense of the word. Uh, when you first lead the area to fight, though, the Shinxes will be a problem. But they'll try and zap you to oblivion. But if you play it stealthy... You can make it work, which is a problem because this thing hates stealth. But otherwise, having a water type is always a good thing. Always. Now, as far as care goes, the ability to crack berries with its shell is something that's pretty cool, but is now an Arceus scent gift when you have it in this world. This is the best thing this thing can do with its shells aside from fighting. Because of all of the resources you need to gather, having a Pokemon that can actively cut berries open with its shell is so useful for gathering resources that you need for potions, that you need for smoke bombs, that you need for everything. This Pokemon is going to be great for you. And the best part, as far as care and maintenance goes, is that it's got a much more open wild area, which means more beach land, which means there's going to be more places for it to look for shells to use if they ever break. Daily training for care and maintenance just got a whole lot easier. There's tons of willing participants to get their butts kicked. You don't have to randomly pick fights with trainers or wild Pokemon anymore. They'll come to you. Child friendliness, it's still an otter. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it's still an otter. Otters are not great. They are perpetually just full of energy and they're probably not going to listen to you. Like, I've literally had, like, a, a otter's favorite toy in front of it. And even then, it's like, no, I'm going to play with my feet instead. I'm like, why? Why? As I just stated, it is going to need to fight. It is going to need to pick up a lot of its martial arts skills as it grows up and gets stronger. But the world is its dojo. The world is a perfect place for it to fight. Now, if you're a kid... That's going to be a lot of trouble just to have it go. But if you pick the right spot and you just have it go to town until it's tired, it works out pretty well. The downside, of course, is that if you pick the wrong spot, you will get destroyed. Imagine if you just set up, up on the mountaintops and you run into that alpha Garchomp that's higher level than the Giratina you fight later on in the game. The new Samurott is a not so honorable warrior so he'll just bum rush and fight as dirty as he can he's a dark type and i respect it but honestly it's not going to be the best world if we're the normal samurai so this one works out pretty great now with utility again it's a water type water types can no surf even though you can't use it in the game i still count it because water types swimming around places it's just useful 
Uh, if you're going to need tools, again, pretty awesome. You got something that uses tools. One of the key components you need in any survival kit is a knife. Other grass types could have produced rope and vine, but not rowlet. Fire types can produce fire, which is certainly pretty useful, but a knife can be used to craft just about everything you need, and this thing comes packing with multiple ways of cutting things down. Samurai again, angry swordsman, it just wants to fight and attack, but it has some utility outside of that in that it can gather resources and it can transport and move water around. Very useful stuff. So for battle, I'm going to give this one another admit, 3 out of 5 care, 3 out of 5. Now, child friendliness, I'm going to give it another 3 out of 5. And utility, another 3 out of 5. So what are we left here with? We are left with, honestly, not the worst setup to pick from. Rowlet, if you're that guy who wants to charge in with a cute little guy and have a little bit of difficulty in the middle and you're okay with that, that's fine. If you want something that's like a stable learning curve, that's Cinequil because you start off with the thing that's really hard at first and that way you get used to it. Once it evolves, you're a little bit better. Once it evolves, it's even more calm and relaxed. That's where you go with. If you want to go in there with a literal like Swiss Army knife, like this literal guy who's going to cut up anything you need for him, that's Oshawott. This region is tough, and it encourages you to capture as many Pokemon as you can in order to survive. So you're never going to be doing it alone. But it's nice to know that the first Pokemon you could pick when going into Hisui could actually save your life. These are not just your friendly partners. Ha ha ha, let's go to the gym. These are your life or death, ride or die guys. And it's good to know that some of them, or at least in most situations would be pretty useful, and I love it. I love Hisui. I hope we go back to this kind of storytelling again because as much as I love the core games, I've never been more stressed at a Pokemon game than when I walked into this patch of mud and there's like three Ursaranks just staring me down, and I'm just like, all right, guys, let's go. I said, let's go. Run, run, run. All right, guys, I hope you have a fantastic time listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Next week, we have a really fun interview. You guys are going to love her. She's great. And actually, some of you might have already listened to her. She's a great podcast. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Peace. Peace.